Welcome to the Wave Pool of Mag podcast. Today, my guests are Chris and Mike, and they're nerds. And they don't mind me saying that. We had a great discussion uh, yesterday, yesterday about their uh, flow state, uh, back end and front end, and making it work. And why don't you introduce yourselves? Let's start with Chris. Uh, give us your full name and, and brief background. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Chris Hausler. Uh, I work at Flowstate. I'm the CTO, head of engineering, AI, all of the coding type things. Uh, my background is mostly in machine learning. Uh, so I've been working in that space for the last 10 to 15 years. And yeah, these days I apply it to surfing. And Mike? Yeah, I'm Mike, Mike Mortimer. I look after product. Um, been in product and product management for yeah, good on 10, 15 years. Where worked with Chris over at Zendesk in a, in a previous life. Um, always focused on sort of the experience, uh, you know, consumer experience and the commercial feasibility of, you know, solving problems and doing things well. So that's, yeah, that's what, what I've been up to. Okay. And, and let's go into flow state. Uh, we spoke with uh, Luke Wallace. We have an interview up on the website uh, with him. And it's really interesting what you guys are doing, the system you've come up with. I think it's it's very innovative within surf parks and within wave pools. Can you briefly uh, describe it for us? Yeah, sure. So um, essentially the, the opportunity and what we do is really helping people, you know, get access to the footage of themselves surfing that they aren't otherwise able to get. You know, with most of these parks, you go have a surf, you know, you try and set up a tripod potentially. Uh, if you set up a tripod, you, you're going to have to go through all of the hassle of editing your footage and finding yourself later. It takes hours. It's quite a quite a head headache. Uh, for those who are lucky enough to have someone you know sitting on the side, you know, filming you, that's not always the case. Um, and that's where really, really the opportunity was for us to kind of help you know solve that problem and you know create an AI solution that helps people you know go have a surf, do the thing that they love, and then have access to that footage you know minutes after their their session's finished. Now, in uh, talking about the story and talking about um, how the the systems come online, it's really, I, I got to use it, I got to surf, and then to uh, look at some of the footage. And the thing that amazed me most about it is that it records everyone's session, it's a, it's a wide camera, and then it kind of zooms in and, and follows people is once you create your account and once you log in um, and identify yourself within that session, um, how does it how does it know you're you? <laughs> I guess is my basic question because I was thinking about like, okay, it recognized me once, but then there are other people, everyone's wearing a black wetsuit. You know, if it's old guys like me, everyone's got white hair. So how do you train a machine to to recognize people. Yeah, it's hard. Even sometimes humans can't recognize people when they're out in the water. So it's definitely not easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is it's human supervised. So we, I mean, broadly speaking, the way we train it is by providing it with lots and lots of training examples. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're really well set up here, um, set up at Urban Surf, capturing sort of waves day in, day out. So we have lots of training data available to us, but it is like, it's a tricky thing, even as Mike said, for humans. Sometimes I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that the same guy? Is it a different guy? Is that the same lady? Is it a different lady? I don't know. You know, um, people wearing all black, generally white boards. You get into winter and they've got hoods and gloves and boots as well. There's like, yeah. there, there's, you know, there's, 
the I, I think the you know the really special thing about about machine learning and if you can provide it with the right amount of labeled data is that it's really good at being able to pick out the nuance mm. in the data and find those patterns that can help separate out people yeah. and and a lot of that can be more around how they surf than necessarily what they look like yeah. while they're surfing if that makes sense people have have style like you know you can you can look at multiple shots of the same same person popping up and if you you know, you see that across their 10, 15, 20 waves and some it's people are consistent. super consistent. It yeah. looks like, it looks like it's the same shot from multiple, like slightly different lighting conditions, but like, they're just very repetitive about how they do it. And those sort of like, those sort of insights are the things that can help us to, to build a model that can do this really effectively. It almost becomes your fingerprint, right? Like what you look like. I mean, if you're not a surfer and you're not, you don't know those things to look for in terms of pose and position and style. You know, a normal person probably wouldn't see those things, but the computer will pick them up. The AI will pick it up, like how where your arm is placed, where you, you know, how well you, you push up from your board and how consistent you look. It, it becomes essentially your surf fingerprint and the, the computer has recognized that. Now, now, in this process, did you start at first like trying to do facial recognition and then move on to movement? And can you, can you tell us about that experience? Like yeah. how did you just, was that like a, like you're hitting your head against the wall trying to get face recognize faces and then all of a sudden you're like oh wait all we have to do is well yeah i mean look any sort of fun innovation is repeatedly hitting your head against the wall and then think of a new idea and trying it out and like that's, it. that's what makes it interesting um but yeah you know i mean i think broadly speaking there's a there's a lot of precedent for for this sort of thing right like like tracking or like following people in uh in video footage is like a well-researched area in the in the machine learning space, as is face recognition. I mean, your phone probably unlocks itself based on looking at your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, I guess there's a lot of prior art that goes into solving these kinds of problems. I think it gets interesting when you start applying it to surf and some of the 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 approaches that hold on dry land for people, you know, really close up to a camera. Um, stop performing as well when they're out in the water and there's wave and there's wind and they're in wetsuits and they were dry last wave because they haven't fallen in yet and they're wet now and their hair's gone all different and um so yes you know to come back to your question we started with facial recognition alone it gets you you know it gets you so far right um i think our our original approach was actually having a second set of cameras that was really focused on the drop-in Mm. and getting a lot like tighter image on the drop-in so we had higher resolution for that um yeah we try to i mean like that original the original idea was even having additional touch points when you when you enter the park to do to do those facial scans and get that that image data to then connect you with your footage and like we in the in the early days we decided to put put that to the side because it gets in the way of the experience as well if you want to just come and do a surf and you don't want to get to go through that process of registering what you look like it we wanted to find a way to kind of make it easier and, and more seamless for the surfers to just go in and do what they love and then have their footage after the fact. So, so in, in doing that, you have, um, were there other precedents outside of surfing for to recognize motion, to recognize particular motion, or did you guys have to invent that, basically, train the machine to recognize that? It, it's, def- it's a bit of both, right? Like, I think we definitely, you know, all of this technology is not, built per se from the ground up like there there is great stuff available in the open source machine learning research community that you can build upon uh but there's definitely some like proprietary sort of special source that's thrown into that to make it work really well in surfing um that was you know that came through banging our head on the wall over and over again uh until the wall cracked and gave way and then you get another wall and that's fine you go up and you bang your head on that and, and keep going 
Okay. And what was, um, I, I have to ask you during this whole process, you know, from start to finish, it's, it's a mammoth undertaking and it's just three of you in the, in the company doing it. There's the four founders. So yeah, it's, uh, so there's Luke, Ben, Chris, and myself, um, Ben looks after all the operations. So he's our COO. Um, he really brings the experience with the, you know, the camera, the imaging, the enclosure, getting the actual, I mean, we can't do anything with the image, you know, if we don't have a quality image in the first place. So you know, getting the right camera selected, getting the right framing, getting the right placement, you know, making sure that there was a solid and reliable feed. Um, they're as important to, you know, all of this working as the actual computer processing that, that image and that vision. So that's where, that's where Ben comes into it. So the four of us all bring different levels of expertise. And uh, walking into the water yesterday with Luke, you know, we passed the, uh, the light post and, um, you know, with the camera and, uh, and uh, I asked him, are you looking at that and seeing the price of a new car <laughs> for something like that? It's, it's expensive equipment. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's not cheap, um, but I mean, you, you have to weigh that off with, you know, the quality of the footage that you get. And you have to deal with very, very light conditions. Um, you're under fluorescent at night. You're in the, the peak of day, you know, in the middle of summer. So you have to have a good quality camera that supports all of the types of arrays of lighting that you can get. Um, and those, like the cinema grade cameras aren't, aren't cheap cameras. Um, but, you know, we know that there's a market for people who want that footage and we're able to do it in a way that's economically feasible for us to be able to bring those cameras in and then, and then provide that footage fairly cheaply, you know, to, to surface to buy for, for $25. So, um, yeah, I think there's just that balance of how, how you get the right equipment, get it as cheap as possible in, in a way that's going to actually work financially and then, you know, make a commercially viable product out of it. And, and how, how long has this process taken? I think, uh, so Luke and Ben kicked it off originally. They started, I think, probably June last year. They, they originally started looking at some cameras, placement, different types of technologies. Um, in the early days, we even considered, you know, um, you know uh, P, P, like pan tilt zoom type cameras to actually track individuals and, and move with them. Um, and that was, you know, good research and development in the early days to, you know, really push us into the path of fixed frame and then using computer vision to track within that. Um, because, you know, in, in a, like an urban surf setting where you have, you know, potentially 30 objects to track at once, um, you're not going to be able to do that with a, with a single cam that's doing your pan tilt zoom. So uh, really, really forced us down a direction with the camera technology. Um, but that, that all began sort of June last year. And then we really settled on the cameras, the first round of cameras um, in kind of October last year. And, and we've actually changed to a, a third type of camera now. So I think uh, we're very agile and flexible in terms of finding the right camera and the right technology to suit solving the problem the best way. Um, and if that means we, we swap out the cameras to different cameras in three years' time when the technology changes, like we're, we're pretty flexible for that. I mean, we can, yeah. we just need a good quality signal and we can process the, the AI on that. Yeah. And so we've been on site in Urban Surf, like, you know, recording sessions since March. Uh, we've been recording since January, uh, and then, yeah, since March was when we, we kicked over the proper production recording. Yeah. Since then, we've had you know, over 700,000 waves recorded up until September uh, across 60,000 surfers, so lots of, lots of footage. It's a lot of surfing. And, so, and, and since you've had it up and running, what are some of the things that became apparent to you from using it, uh, from the concept of bringing it to light? Like, what did you learn fairly quickly? There's so many things. I mean, it's, you know, every day is a new learning experience. There's always, there's always the next thing. Um, you know, I, I think but from like, so from the machine learning sort of computer vision side of things, I think it's the ways in which people can move very differently 
um, to, you know, to how someone does walking around. And so, you know, it, it, from, from, from the outset, we use some, some pretty generic off-the-shelf sort of uh, models to, to follow the surface as they're on a wave. Um, and, you know, that worked really well for, for people who got on a wave and surfed straight forward and then got off the wave and went back. And then, you know, as you start having people, you know, turning back hard or dropping, you know, getting in, into a barrel or something like that, it, break, it can break down pretty quickly. And so, you know, you just start, to, you just start pulling on those threads and you're picking on, on the like, okay, well, that doesn't seem to work well. How do we fix that? And that doesn't seem to work well. How do we fix that? And you just, you just keep going. Um, yeah. And, and, and speaking to your customers, right? I mean, like a lot of that, you're not going to learn unless you're either looking at every single piece of footage across every type of session or you have a really good, you know, channel back to the people that are using the product. And so we're, we're pretty active in the community here at Urban Surf and, and you know, very involved and making sure that we hear their feedback. A lot of, a lot of the original feedback around, you know, um, footage being cut or dropped, you know, that was the original beta group that we used to kind of really yeah. optimize the, the tracking process. and you know, build something with the community is, was our, our approach to it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's go back to uh, barrel riding because that was one example I, I heard yesterday. It's like if someone's in the barrel, they're obscured. Yeah. They could be in the foam ball and uh, the machine would think, oh, they've wiped out. How, yeah. how did you tackle a problem like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it multiple 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 different approaches right like i think you know I, so so my first approach to that was like i mean basically i think if you look at it from the computer vision side of things the person just disappears mm. and so it's like an object permanency sort of thing right they're like little kids have to learn like you hide behind the couch or you do peekaboo and it's like where'd that person go and then they come back is it the same person i don't know right you like the the computer's got to kind of learn that too um and there's a there's a bunch of different um, I guess approaches out there around how you uh, extrapolate where you expect someone to be after they disappear. So you know if someone's traveling to the right and they disappear, you expect in a second or two that they will be further to the right, which is not necessarily the case in the way people yeah. surf and the way they turn and so forth. Um, so there was there were some pretty dumb approaches I guess to to how we could how we could tackle that. Um, often when someone's surfing a wave, they're kind of well separated from everyone else in the pool. So one, you know, one approach that worked reasonably well was just to look for the closest matching person that we've detected that is near where we last saw the person that went mm. into the barrel. Um, and that works really well until you have someone paddling back out that goes past right. where they were and then suddenly they're surfing to the right and then you're following the person paddling back out to the left and it doesn't work so you anymore. Keep, you keep it simple until it breaks and then you try and figure out yeah. the next thing that's going to help solve it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's like, I mean, that you know, with a lot of this stuff, right, like you just, you, you can create effectively brittle rules around how to solve the problem until the rules that you have are too complicated to manage anymore. And then you work out, well, how can we learn that better? Um, and that's, yeah, that's where we got to. And that, it's, and that's great. It's, I'm just really impressed with uh, how it came about and how you were able to do it. And, and talking about like machine learning and AI, can you explain for our audience the like what's the difference and how one influences the other wow <laughs> i mean that's a very philosophical question i think and probably depending on who you ask mm. you'll have different answers like i think i don't know i mean to to, to me and people like some people who are in the field might might cringe at my answer but i think of ai as this more grandiose sort of like how artificial intelligence is is perceived in uh, in movies right like this you know this sentient sort of being like that, an agi type yeah yeah that's sort of like what I like. I I, th I think generally in in the media you hear it talked about what you see around us these days in the latest developments as AI. But I think they're very it's, it's very 
you know, from an academic sense, is very much machine learning, which is which is really statistical learning. It's basically using a whole bunch of maths and a whole bunch of data to to learn how to pattern match effectively. And that's that's kind of what we're doing, right? You, you, we, we, we build up a lot of data. Um, you know, we, we track all of these surfs. Every, every surf, we're capturing at 60 frames a second. In every frame, you've got, you know, millions of pixels. And all of that information is being fed into a model. And then you're saying also, you know, in, in that sequence of 100 frames, there was a surfer that moved from here to here. Go and work out how to find, like, work out what that means. So if we show you more footage, you'll, you know. Yeah. And then as that, as that evolves, as you get more footage, as you learn new parameters, like that's when you train a new model based on new parameters that you have, right? So you have more footage, you have, you know, better learning, you have better inputs to the model to help train it to, to make the model improvements essentially. Yeah. So in your, in your two roles from the AI standpoint and the consumer experience standpoint, were you guys ever at odds? Like you said, it needs to do this. And uh, you, Chris, were like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, nothing's, <laughs> Wait, nothing's impossible. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I think we, we, we've, obviously, we've worked together for a long time as well, so we know how each other works and thinks. And, you know, with product, uh, if, you, if you approach product from an engineering perspective, you generally have a sense of how to solve problems and how to solve problems in a general way. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of, you don't just go and try and, you know, propose solutions you, you you kind of bring people together with what the vision is for the outcome and then together you work out how to get there um you don't, you don't really do it any other way yeah we have a very comfortable working relationship having worked together for ages i think we're pretty we're pretty well aligned on how we see on how we see things and mike definitely has like the more product head on him which is which is great like you can point out things where i'm like I just don't see it sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes I come back with like, well, I don't know if I would approach that like that. Cause we could just go and do this from a technical perspective. But I think that like that give and take is totally there. And, and I think that expands broadly to, you know, to our other co-founders, you know, in, in uh, Ben and Luke as well, we have very complementary skill sets, which, um, you know, particularly at a, at a company of our size means that we, we all individually have heaps to do, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so you know, uh, never stepping on toes. No. <laughs> oh, so in uh, working together as a as a team, how how long has it been that you've all been to working like with Chris each other? and I? Have been what ten years um, with Luke, Chris, and I together. I mean, we we weren't as like with Luke. He was in a slightly different group at Zendesk back in the day, but uh, we've known each other and we've kind of worked in each other's circles. Probably you know, a good seven all three of us together. Um, but yeah, like. 10, 10 between us and between Luke and Ben, they've known each other for 25 years. So like they've, they've had a long, long history. Okay. So uh, the whole team came together and it just kind of gelled. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And then, so let's talk about going back to uh, AI and machine learning and using, like, what, what do you see now? Like, what is the, the next step? You've got this like kick-ass system and it's like really impressive, yeah. but in the field, that you're both in, you're always looking to improve yeah. and to do the next thing. So where is that? Without giving away too much with where we're headed and what we're doing, uh, but just to not keep people interested. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, I think the, the key with, with footage and, you know, when you've got that footage, what do you do with it now? Like, you know, there's, there's opportunities for people who just want that memory. They can go and share it and put it onto, you know, social and, you know, do whatever they want with it. But for the people who want to progress their surfing, uh, there's huge opportunity in the coaching side, right? And that's where we see the natural elevation and, and progression of the video content. Um, you know, we already have a lot of like sophistication in our AI models and how we've captured that footage. Um, we naturally are able to go into other types of models pretty quickly. So things like pose detection, 
is definitely something we've been looking at to help understand the angle, um, the analytics essentially of how people are riding those waves and their body position, uh, and really bring that additional data layer into you know the coaching element. So whether it's human coaching, whether it's you know flow state AI coach in the future, who knows? Uh, but that's definitely a huge, huge potential for us. And are there any in coming up with this, the recognizing movement, have you stumbled across other applications outside of wave pools? Uh, we definitely, you know, um, are looking at other applications outside of wave pools. Like we're, we're focused on surf and all of the things that surf can be to everyone, right? Um, you, you probably are going to start in wave pools, you know, with, with, the, with how many of them are being developed across the world. Uh, There's going to be a natural you know, push and a natural like emergence of, you know, these wave pool surfers that begin their journey at, at these environments, but it doesn't end there. Like you're going to go from wave pools to surf resorts, you're going to go down to the beach. Um, and we want to be able to be there with people through that entire journey and giving them the option to kind of, you know, see their footage and track it and bring it into a, a centralized, you know, single community experience uh, where all of that footage and all of that activity and all of that, um, you know, their, their experiences in surf can be shared and enjoyed. Okay, so you so you haven't stumbled across something you can sell to the FBI or secret intelligence to? Look, I, I don't think that's 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 not really our interest, right? Like, I think uh, there's, you know, like any technology, there's all sorts of interesting things you can do for good and evil with it. I think helping people understand how they surf and get better at surfing and mm. like have that takeaway experience from like what is just an awesome sport is like. Yeah. It's a pretty nice area to play in with this sort of tech, and you know, I think that's it's also it's also one of the reasons we moved away from the the face detection stuff because there's a big you know, um, you know, data privacy and, and personal privacy you know concern with with specific, you know, especially with biometric data and you know your face. Uh, people are you know potentially a little bit more um, concerned about the the data nowadays, and so to try and mitigate some of that, we've, we've really pulled back away uh, from facial identification, particularly into more full body. You know your whole surf, your pose to kind of you know solve the problem, but also avoid some of the the privacy concerns that people might have if you went at it a different way. So, yeah. so you're able to do uh, AI without any of the controversial. That's the goal. Look, that's yeah. That's yeah. the dream. Definitely. There's look. Definitely no plans for the secret service for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you must when you tell people you're I'm working with AI and machine learning. Are there certain like uh, people come across with cliches or misinformation or you know we're our future overlords will be ai you know do you get that from from people when yeah, you yeah what you sometimes yeah. yeah for sure i try and i try and say we, we're focused on computer vision and you know talking about the problem and, and what we're doing there and, and being quite general with it but you know people are always concerned and you know they're right rightly so and we just try and give them as much information and be as transparent as we can and how we how we work and how we do it um, so that it gives them confidence that we're doing the right thing and we're, we're doing the right thing with their data. Um, and that's, that's probably as much as you can do. Yeah. And, and it must be wonderful to, uh, to say, oh, it's wave pools. It's about surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is. I mean, and it, and it is, right? Like, I think it is, it's, it's, a, it's a super, like, from a technical perspective, it's a super interesting problem to solve. But there is, like, there is a huge amount of value to give back to the surfer there as well, right? Because it's, like, it's a problem that we're solving because it's, you know, it, it was the experience that Luke had going to the wave park all the time and seeing people with their iPhones strapped to a brick on the side of the pool so it doesn't fall in, trying to get good footage and then trying to share it with everyone and you're like this little dot in the distance and so forth in the in you know, on your on your iPhone footage and, and like people wanna see it, they wanna get better, they wanna have that feedback. Not everyone, you know, can afford to have their own personal videographer come with them every time they're surfing. Um and 
you know, particularly wave parks, you know, are, are, are a great setup for that because it's really fixed infrastructure. People are always surfing from the same place to the same place. Like, you know, and, and so I think there's a, there's a lot of value we can put, provide to people who are doing, you know, who are doing that. And I, and I think that's, you know, when it comes back to the data, um, you know, data concerns and so forth, a lot of that is really around like what, you know, as a consumer, what am I getting mm. for, for, for the data that is, that is being put out there? And I think in, in our case, there's a really compelling proposition that we can, we, you know, we can really give people something back that is valuable to them um, from the foot. Yeah. 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 From their surf, and and during this product uh, process, you were non-surfers, and you've started surfing as you've taken on this project. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look for, for me, it's it. I I bought a board three and a half years ago, and it's like been on the list of things to try. <laughs> and I like you know, and I and I I went out a, a few times, and I was I, I was a bit shit, um, and. You know, I think uh, so. Part, so part of the appeal to you know to, to hopping on board with Flow State was like, well, now I'm going to have to learn how to surf. So yeah. it's a, like I I, always, I like a deadline. So I was sort of like, you know, that little bit of external pressure. Yeah, I yeah. I likewise I'm the same. I um I haven't I haven't got a board yet. So that's that's definitely you one up on me there. Uh, but I mean, coming from Johannesburg in South Africa, where I grew up, like it was never really a thing there. Get it was too far away from the coast to go and surf. Um, and that was not really part of our like my childhood. But then when you came to Australia. It's like this is a surf country, you know, get into the surf a little bit. But then where do you start? Like that was the biggest issue. Like I, I didn't know anyone who surfed, so I couldn't really tag along with them. You know, we went out with school and we did some couple of, you know, surf, surf expeditions with the school. But it, it's not really, it's a very hard thing to approach unless you've got people that are in surf. And so, that, yeah, that, that's, I think, the biggest, you know, difference I'm finding here at, at Urban Surf, particularly you're, you're, you're getting these community groups develop. You know, people can come here for the first time, you know, find a group, create a community and and really get get involved with something really easily. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Like we've been in the pool a few times, and we're edging our way up to you know the bigger waves. We'll get there. We have we have a, we have an internal company KPI to be barreled within the first year. So we'll see how we go with that. <laughs> um, Luke's, Luke's goal, ambitious, I would say. Look, like we're going to be in the barrel whether or not we're standing. Yeah, it's a different question. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's it's good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and sharing your knowledge and uh, taking time out to uh, to talk about this really fascinating aspect um, of wave pools. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've enjoyed it.